Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of Worldwide Tax Daily. This week, reviewing the reviewers. Last year, we did an episode about the agreement between the Treasury Department and the Office of Management and Budget that set the terms for OMB to review tax regulations. At the time, this process was just getting started, and now that it's been a few months, it's time to take a look at how things are going. Joining me in the studio is Tax Notes Today reporter Jonathan Curry. Jonathan, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Dave. It's good to be back. Why don't we start with a, a quick recap of the agreement between Treasury and OMB? Sure. So for several decades, all tax regulations were basically considered uh, exempt from review by the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. That's called OIRA uh, for shorthand. Um, There were a few exceptions over the years, but by and large, all tax regulations basically escaped that process. And the idea was that tax regs were merely interpreting the underlying statute. There wasn't a whole lot of regulatory discretion being exercised. Uh, But once the Trump administration came in, they started to rethink this whole agreement. And in 2017, they started to open up negotiations with Treasury and OMB. So the Trump administration, however, has been very vocal about wanting to reduce regulatory burdens, and they started to rethink this arrangement. Treasury and OMB started to renegotiate this whole idea of exempting regulations back in 2017, and that led to the April 2018, uh, it's called the Memorandum of Agreement, MOA for short. And that agreement basically established three tests for when our tax regulation would be deemed significant, and that would then, you know, trigger this OIRA review process. The three tests were that, one, if there's an interagency conflict, like if something Treasury is doing conflicts with Health and Human Services, that would start a review. Uh, If something is economically significant, you know, has an economic effect of $100 million or more annually on a post-statutory baseline, that's pretty key there. It means it's limited to the effects of the regulation itself. And then third, this one's the the one I'm going to focus on here, if it raises novel legal or policy issues. Now, I was at the, the congressional hearing where this agreement was announced, and at that time, everyone put on a happy face. Treasury said they were happy with how it turned out, and OIRA said likewise. So they were all happy with how it turned out. Has it been smooth since then? Yeah, you know, not quite. Um, The officials that I've spoken with feel that OIRA has taken an unexpectedly broad view in interpreting and applying this MOA, um, especially as it regards the novel policy trigger. Now, the language of that policy trigger is that a tax regulatory action will trigger review by OIRA if the rule raises, and I'll quote here, novel legal or policy issues, such as by prescribing a rule of conduct backed by an accessible payment. You know, so on one hand, you have this kind of generic, vague language. I mean, what is novel? It's sort of something that's in the eye of the beholder. But then there's this pretty specific example of a tax that functions as a penalty to incentivize taxpayers to comply. And this is where things get a little bit testy. I've been told that Treasury was under the impression that this trigger, the novel policy one, was going to be interpreted rather narrowly, and that the example was a reference to Section 4960H. That's the employer mandate from the Affordable Care Act, and that requires employers to provide health insurance or pay a penalty. Uh, You know, that's obviously kind of an interesting statute, and, you know, the reg could be interesting, too. Uh, Now, I'm told that Treasury wanted this example included to show how hard it would be to trip this novel policy trigger. And yet, at the same time, one ex-Treasury official that I spoke to said he was worried from the start, you know, as soon as he saw it, that novel policy could be used to justify reviewing anything. So now that we've seen this uh, in place for, for a while now, how has it played out? So over the last year, we saw Treasury focus a lot of its attention on getting the big-ticket TCGA guidance out. You know, that's things like the Section 199A pass-through deduction, the base erosion and anti-abuse tax, the Opportunity Zone program, and a number of things like that. And, And most of that stuff did go through OIRA's doors for a review. 
But there were a few oddities along the way. You know, for example, the 168K full expensing regs. OIRA said this summer they were going to waive their review of that for the proposed regs, which is interesting because that means that they deemed it significant in some way, but they decided they didn't need to review it, at least not for right now. They left that option, however, open for the final version of the regs, and that's something that I confirmed with someone uh, at OIRA. Now, in OIRA's most recent fall 2018 unified agenda, the unified agenda is basically a list of all the regulatory actions that they expect to come out in the coming months. We saw the number of regs deemed significant jump to 50 from just six in the spring agenda. You know, so just by numbers alone, it looks like Treasury's tax regulatory actions are going to get a lot of scrutiny in the coming months. What makes all these regulations significant? Uh, Well, a few of them were uh, deemed economically significant. You know, that means the regulation was estimated to have the economic effect of $100 million or more annually. That's pretty straightforward. I mean, that's something that you can quantify. But by far, most of them are labeled other significant on OIRA's website, which I've since learned from an official is basically shorthand for saying it falls under the novel policy issues prong. And so it turns out that this novel policy prong is actually casting a pretty wide net. And some of these ex-Treasury officials that I spoken to say they're pretty frustrated by this. Why are so many regs getting caught up in this novel principle? Well, you know, with some of these regulations, it's it's pretty clear why they're being reviewed. You know, you take the Section 199A deduction or the Opportunity Zone Program and a lot of these international tax provisions. These are brand new tax provisions in the tax code. There's a whole lot to unpack there. But some of these other regulations, it's not really quite clear why they're falling within this net. You know, take the 168K full expensing regs. Apparently, something about them triggered the significance test. But, you know, it's a pretty straightforward interpretation of the law. And we've had expensing in the law in various forms for decades. So what's so novel about that? Is it really a big deal for OIRA to take another look at these reg packages from Treasury? I mean, the the concern that I've been hearing is that Treasury has been under a lot of pressure to get this guidance out fast. There's, you know, practitioners are waiting for this stuff because they just don't know how to respond in the meantime. Adding a review by OIRA to the mix can slow down this process. I mean, you have to conduct extra analysis. Part of this, what they have to do is explain what alternatives they considered and why they chose that particular approach. Economically significant regulations require a lot more analysis as well. And, you know, and just in general, the need to explain the regulations to OIRA staff, you know, they don't have the same expertise. And when you have these complicated provisions, especially in the international tax realm, you're almost starting from ground zero. Now, within the MOA, there is a provision that allows for a 10-day expedited review, uh, and that can help mitigate this concern quite a bit. And we've seen that at at play. Most of the regulations that have gone through OIRA have been limited to this 10-day review window. But for example, the Opportunity Zone regulations that came out this summer, they were under review for six weeks. And I'm told by someone at Treasury that there weren't any substantial changes made to the regs in all that time. And so some critics are starting to wonder, you know, if and when this process is going to start adding value. Uh, What is OIRA's take on that? Now, it's important to remember that OIRA has been doing uh, regulatory reviews for other federal agencies for decades now. So they come to this with a pre-existing sense of how they, you know, want this process to work. The language of the MOA actually largely borrows the language of Executive Order 12866, including the novel legal or policy issues language. And basically, you know, OIRA is saying that they're applying this the way that they've always applied it that it's a broad catch-all. Is that really the case? Well, you know, if you look at this historically, the novel policy trigger, you know, has been used broadly. I talked to a former OIRA administrator who was involved in the drafting of Executive Order 12866. She told me that their litmus test for this was that if a particular rule was likely to show up in the news, you know, they wanted to get their hands on it. They wanted to look at it. And so that language was kept intentionally vague because they couldn't foresee what would be unique in the future. And I've talked to current OMB officials as well who acknowledge that they expect to use the novel policy 
policy prong to justify reviewing lots of tax regulations, whether that's because there are unusual policy issues or, you know, if they've even said that if, if it's just an official from the White House or another agency says that they want to get a look at it, they'll call it in for review. And the official that I spoke to also told me that the 50 regs listed as significant on the unified agenda, those are preliminary determinations. And so a lot could change between, you know, now and then the next unified agenda. So there could be, you know, more regulations deemed significant, or some regulations could flip to non-significant, or, you know, the very reason for a significance could change. Maybe it would start out as significant under novel policy and then switch to economically significant once they get more information about it. It sounds like uh, 2018 was a bit troubled in this review. 2019 started starting out with troubles of its own. As we're recording this, the federal government has shut down over a budget dispute. We don't have any sense of when it will be reopening at the moment. What effect is that having on this review? You know, that's interesting. Uh, one of the, the questions I posed to OIRA is, are they still processing these reviews? And, and the answer I got back was that, yes, they are still reviewing tax regulations. They said that because Treasury and IRS have special funding for implementing the TCGA, uh, the regulations related to it, that then they also are going to continue doing their reviews. That's sort of that exception of funding extends to OIRA, so to say. Now, it is interesting, though. I did follow up to ask, you know, at what capacity are they operating? And I didn't get an answer. So one of the outstanding questions is, you know, are they operating at 100 percent or are they left with a skeleton crew manning the desks? We don't know. I'm just wondering here, if the review process involves a back and forth between Treasury and OIRA, are the Treasury counterparts on these regulations there to talk to OIRA through the changes they might want? I would think that most of them are, at the very least. Uh, if, they, if IRS and Treasury have funding to implement this, I would assume that extends to the people that are responsible for managing that process. But like I said, you know, one of the things we're waiting on is a contingency plan from Treasury and IRS, and we don't know yet exactly who is still you know, manning the offices, either at Treasury side or OIRA side. So there are a lot of things behind the scenes that could be putting little obstacles in the way to getting this guidance out. So looking ahead to 2019, what can we expect? 2019 should be interesting. I mean, you know, in 2018, we saw a lot of proposed regulations go through the OIRA process. And uh, so far, we haven't seen the results of any final regulations getting through the process. What we do have is we have some final regulations at OIRA for review now. But, you know, one of the things I was told is that OIRA officials, their approach to doing the reviews is very different for final regulations than it is for proposed regulations. How does the review of final regulations differ from the review of the proposed regulations? Are they expected to have a lighter touch or are they going to get more into the details? Yeah, you know, the final regulation review process is interesting. You know, the idea that I've been told is that, you know, they want to make sure that Treasury is being responsive to comments that they receive from practitioners, from stakeholders, you know, during that the whole period after the proposed regulations. And, you know, but it also represents sort of the, the last bite of the apple, so to say, for IRA to make their mark on the tax regulations before they go final and take effect for everybody. So one of the interesting things that I've noticed is that for, for proposed regulations, a lot of them were designated for that, that 10 they expedited reviews for TCGA-related actions. Well, currently at OIRA, as we're recording this, there are two regulations that are related to the TCGA, and they are not designated for the expedited review, which means OIRA has 45 days to review them. And I think it's interesting that it looks like they might be trying to take uh, a little bit more time to really make sure, you know, kick the tires and think through things. We, basically, I don't know what's happening at, behind the scenes at this point, but it's interesting that they're taking more time to really do this review for the final regulations. Now, you know, one of the OMB officials that that I spoke with, you know, they acknowledge that there are competing priorities here. OIRA wants to have maximum information disclosure, and Treasury is still trying to figure out on their end how to work this process and how to avoid getting bogged down with a lot of extra steps. 
Another thing to point out, too, under the MOA, Treasury is required to conduct what's called a regulatory impact analysis of economically significant regulations. Uh, and this is, you know, requires a lot more work. Treasury's had to hire more people to conduct these analyses. It's a lot more time-consuming. And so far, the analyses that have come out, I've, I'm told, haven't been that enlightening. But in the meantime, Treasury has up until April to finalize their framework for doing these analyses. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with by then or if it's just sort of going to – the deadline's going to come and go and without any fanfare. So, you know, all in all, the process is still very much a work in progress, but it's showing no signs of slowing down or tapering off. All right. So I, I guess there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to keep an eye on as these regulations are getting finalized and uh, on all the TCJA guidance is finished up. And I'm sure you'll keep us up to date on that. Jonathan, where can listeners find you online? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at jtcurry005. That's curry, C-U-R-R-Y. Excellent. Thank you for being here. Of course. A pleasure. And now, coming attractions. Each week, we preview commentary that will be appearing in the Tax Notes magazines. We're joined by executive editor for commentary, Jasper Smith. Jasper, what will you have for us? In Tax Notes, Gil Gatton and Kendi Osman examine recent guidance on a new rule that requires tax-exempt employers who provide transportation fringe benefits to report unrelated business taxable income. And Jennifer Ray discusses the characterization of gain when partnership interest is contributed to a corporation in exchange for stock. In state tax notes, Annette Nellen opens the new year with a review of key developments in California taxes, such as compliance with federal tax changes and other necessary changes for 2019, while Robert Plattner discusses an MTC white paper on collecting sales tax in third-party vendor marketplace transactions. And in Tax Notes International, David DeLahey and Carl Schmaltz discuss the upstream oil and gas industry in the context of local transfer pricing revenue risk. And Selva Ozelli examines the relationship between China's cryptocurrency ban and Hong Kong's emerging leadership in the financial tech industry. You can read all that and a lot more in the January 14th editions of Tax Notes, State Tax Notes, and Tax Notes International. That's it for this week. You can follow me on Twitter at TaxStew, that's S-T-E-W. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at taxanalyst.org. And as always, if you like what we're doing here, please leave a rating or review wherever you download this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Analyst Inc. does not provide tax advice or tax preparation services. Nothing in the podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice. A full disclaimer is included in the transcript.